It's Friday, April 22nd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, we're recording this on Thursday after the Guardians uh, swept the White Sox in their first meeting of the 2022 season uh, here at Progressive Field, where uh, workers are cleaning up after uh, the mess that the White Sox left all over the infield uh, throughout the last two days because that was uh, the, the only word I can think of to, to describe the way that Chicago played uh, defense was an atrocity. That was just, uh, there was nothing more to it. Yeah, Joe, I, I've never seen a, a Chicago team play that bad, especially poor. I, I felt bad for, uh, for Tim Anderson. I mean, that guy couldn't get out of his own way. And then, Man. and then, and then Naylor almost ran him over. <laughs> Man, after all, after all the times that Tim Anderson has personally victimized every Cleveland baseball fan over the last how many years, I don't, I'm not going to lose a, a, a minute of sleep for that guy uh, tonight when, when I go home. Uh, you're right. He, he looked real bad out there, but this is a guy who's done so much damage at the plate. I think he might have taken some of that defense to, uh, with him to the box because he might have only had uh, one or two hits in the, in the whole series uh, between the doubleheader yesterday and uh, Thursday's uh, afternoon game. Uh, this is a guy you, you you're used to seeing him drive the ball against the guardians and that just didn't happen. Yeah, he, he definitely, uh, <laughs> he took his defense to, to his offense and geez, oh man, he had a tough, t- tough game. And then even Abreu was usually pretty good that he let Naylor's ball go through the wickets. It just, uh, they just did not look ready to play. I mean, uh, uh no, Tony LaRusso blamed himself, um, you know, for not having the, uh, the white Sox ready to play especially, you know, uh, after those two, you know, Monday and Tuesday's games were delayed by weather and uh, they just never recovered. They were a step behind the whole, the whole series. Right. Uh, This is the, the White Sox team that was everybody's pick to just run away with the division. Is this a point in the season right now? You know, the guardians play them again uh, coming up uh, after the, you know, later on in in, in May, they have a trip out to uh, out to Chicago. Uh, is this a point where, you know, injuries have sort of crept up on this White Sox rotation? The lineup right now doesn't look as scary from top to bottom uh, as, as it normally would. Uh, is this when the, the Guardians pretty much have to jump on them and, and make hay right now uh, so that later on in the season when people get healthy and they, they sort of find their stride, uh, it's, it's not as much of, uh, you know, you know they, can, they can make up some ground here. Yeah, you know, I think it'd be it'd be nice if they could make a move, but the White Sox aren't going away, Joe. You know, you know, you and I know that when they get, uh, you know, Lance Lynn and, and Giolito back, you know, they get, uh, uh, you know, Yoan Moncada uh, back. You know, there's they're going to be a that's going to be a team to reckon with, and probably still the favorite to win the division. You know, you're never as bad as you look at your at your low point, and never as good as you look at at your high point as a team. So, but they. <laughs> They bottomed out here in Cleveland. I, I, I got to tell you. Right. Well, you mentioned, uh, you know, a high point, uh, high points on uh, in Thursday's game. Uh, you, you talked about Josh Naylor, uh, two hits, two big hits, because he came through with uh, uh, response runs. Basically, every time Chicago was was able to get a, a run across the plate, Naylor came up the next inning and, and you know, drove in a run with a two out uh, RBI single. And like you said, uh, smoked a ball between uh, Abreu's legs that went for a double that scored a run. Uh, really all, all around nice. It's only his fourth game back 
and and Josh Naylor has been putting the bat on the ball. And, you know, he's he's definitely not 100% right now. But, you know, whatever percentage of Josh Naylor we're getting is is pretty good. Yeah, and he, he's so enthusiastic. I think that really spreads to the rest of the team. You can see him, you know, when he gets on base with those big hits, encouraging the rest of the team. When he went from second to third on that play that uh, Anderson dropped the ball on, he was so pumped up. I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna go out and tackle Anderson or something. He looked like. He, he, I don't know if he was saying the baseline belonged to him or what, but he was fired up, man. Well, uh, the way that Tito explained it in the post game was that they caught a break because had the ball arrived, or the ball had already arrived to Anderson when Naylor made contact. Because if it had not, if it, if Naylor made contact first then he probably would have been out for, for interference in that situation. It would have been the right call. Uh, yeah, I, I, more than that, I, I, I want to look at the, the big picture here with the, the at-bats that some of these Guardians hitters put up uh, in, in today's game. You talk about an Oscar Mercado being down 0-2 in a count and, and coming up with a, with a base hit to extend an inning. Andres Jimenez uh, working in at-bat, uh, being down on the count and getting a sacrifice fly. It was the same with Stephen Kwan. Uh, a bases loaded sack fly. Uh, these guys have been in contact mode now. Uh, you know, with the exception of that San Francisco series, they've been able to put the ball in play. Not, not, not a lot of strikeouts, and and they're they're doing what Terry Francona talked about in spring training, and, and that's you know putting the ball in play. Yeah, you know they're playing. Uh, you know what what does uh, Francona say in an era when it's strikeouts or fat or, or home runs or walks? You know, they're, they're putting the ball in play. They're running the bases aggressively. Uh, they're playing uh, the way I get, you know, Francona feels they have to play to win. You know, they don't have a lot of power on that team. They're not going to, you know, win 10, 10 to 9 usually. Uh, so they have to, you know, do, do the little things. They have to walk. They have to, you know, like you said, move runners and, and, and hit when you're down in the count. And they're just really – they're really excelling with runners in scoring position as well, Joe. Well, and, and you can't leave out the effort and the, the work that's being done by the starting rotation. Uh, 12 games into the season, uh, they have yet to, the, the starters have yet to yield more than three runs in any outing. Uh, they've got the second lowest ERA in the American League, and they've, they've put up solid outings pretty much every one of them across the board uh, in, in their, you know, two and a half times through the rotation. Yeah, they've done a great job. And, uh, you know, uh, Zach Plesek was, you know, on the money today. Uh, you know, he only had three strikeouts, but he, had, he looked like he really used his changeup well. Uh, got into the seventh inning, I believe. Uh, you know, was really efficient with his pitch count. I think he only had, what, 30, 29, 30 pitches through the, third, through the first three or four innings. So, you know, he was on his game. And, you know, that, that was a good sign. Yeah, and the, the the Guardians bullpen in this series, the three games in in a little more a little more than twenty four hours here uh, at the ballpark, they 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 played three times against the the White Sox. That uh, that Guardians bullpen was incredibly solid. Uh, Trevor Steffen again today. He he had the uh, the little miscue on the the ground ball out in front of uh, the plate where he threw it up the line, and it led to you know the circus arrived, and it led to two runs crossing the plate, uh, one of them unearned, but, uh, I just, just in seeing Trevor Steffen's development and evolution 
from Rule 5 rookie who had never pitched above A ball last year to coming in and being lights out now out of the bullpen in leverage situations for Terry Francona. It's a huge story right now. Yeah, and he's done a great job. I know you obviously had the error today, but, you know, that that had nothing to do with his pitching. That was at fielding, you know, so, uh, you know, that's going to happen. But uh, he's pitched great. He's, he's uh, you know, he's got that uh, that uh, sinker, not the sinker, the, like the split. splitter, the mm -hmm. split finger that, you know, I was talking to him last night change. after the doubleheader, after, you know, he pitched so well, uh, the, the whole bullpen, what, pitched well in this, in both, both halves of the, the, the doubleheader sweep, they were, I think, seven and two-thirds scoreless innings. Uh, but he was saying the uh, splitter has really given him, uh, you know, an, an advantage. It gives him three pitches now. He throws it to righties and lefties. And it's been, you know, like a difference maker at this stage of the season. Yeah, and you go back to the performance uh, in the second game of the doubleheader last night of uh, Anthony Ghost. And you, you saw him wiggle out of a, a, a really, uh, you know, high leverage situation in, in the fifth inning with a couple of strikeouts and then give you another inning of, of length, uh, knowing that you were in a situation where you, you wanted to sort of save your bullpen a little bit. Uh, Anthony Ghost coming in and giving you those innings at, at that time uh, is, is just another uh, development here. This is, uh, if these guys can continue to keep this together in the bullpen, uh, it's, it's a positive sign for these, uh, for, for Cleveland. Yeah, because, you know, going into the season, Joe, I think there was a lot of questions about the bullpen. They, they were young. They were untested in many regards. Uh, you know, Brian Shaw was the only veteran that they brought back, and you really wondered about it. But uh, so far, so good. They pitched very, very well. Um, you know, they, they don't overpower you. You know, they're not a big strikeout bullpen, which is kind of, you know, with, with uh, maybe that'll change with, with, with Stefan and, and Class A. And, uh, you know, a couple and, you know, ghosts. Well, and but, if they get uh, Karen check back as well. Yeah. And with Karen check gets back, but, uh, you know, they're doing the job and, uh, you know, they've got a, like an ERA under four. Uh, and, you know, I think, you know, I think what ghost did in that second game, he kind of just electrified the rest of the pen. They saw that he's thrown 98 miles an hour. What strikes out four of the five guys he faces. And then you just hand the ball that goes to Sandlin to, to Stefan and then to class a, and it's just, you know, that momentum starts. Yeah. It's, it's been fun to watch uh, their development from spring training into the first two weeks of the season. And, and now Cleveland sets out on the road. It's, it's going to get scary because this is a 10 games in 10 days, uh, East and West coast road trip. They go to uh, Yankee stadium for three, and then they go to the West coast, uh, LA and Oakland for seven more. Uh, they start off on Friday night in uh, Yankee Stadium with Eli Morgan on the mound because, uh, you know, this, the situation with the COVID uh, uh, positives uh, that, that came about, uh, Cal Quantrill uh, still away from the club. He's not even going to be able to travel with them, uh, you know, when they head out. So uh, Terry Francona said uh, following Thursday's game, uh, Morgan will start in Yankee Stadium on Friday and Kirk McCarty will make his uh, major league uh, uh, his his first start. Uh, I believe his major league debut. Yeah, major league debut for um, sure at Yankee Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to the big leagues, kid. <laughs> but but uh, you know Morgan, uh, 
you know, I know he was probably in the back of their minds to start one of those games, you know, if they didn't have to use him in, you know, in this series against the White Sox. Uh, he pitched really well against uh, the Yankees late last season at, you know, at Yankee Stadium. I think he threw six innings. He, you know, one run ball. He struck out, struck out a bunch of people, you know, in a win. So, you know, he's not going to be, that's, I don't think he's going to be overwhelmed by that experience. The fact, but he hasn't been stretched out either. So, right. You know, yeah. He's probably, he's probably not going to be able to give you more than three or four innings if, if things go well. Uh, and, and that's the case. So, you know, you're lucky that you didn't have to use a Logan Allen at, at any point uh, over the last uh, couple of days here. Uh, and, and you've still got Sam Hentges out there who can, who can give you a couple of innings too. Uh, boy, I, I think nobody is, is happier right now that they expanded the rosters to, to 28 uh, players uh, than Terry Francona because he does have options now uh, to, to sort of piece together the next two games uh, before you get to Aaron Savali. But that's going to put pressure on Savali because he's going to be, you know, people are going to be tired by the time you get to him on Sunday. Yeah, and he's going to face uh, Garrett Cole, who has, you know, pretty good history against uh, the Guardians and slash Indians, you know, especially in the postseason when he was with Houston uh, and the Yankees. So he's, he's, uh, he's a, dom you know, he's a, he's a dominant pitcher. He's struggling a little bit. He's off to a slow start, but, you know, this is a guy that's uh, Cy Young material and uh, Savali, you know, it's, I mean, he's kind of been in and out his first two starts, Joe, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he's been he's been up and down, but I, I think if you're pointing to one guy who can, you know, sort of bear down and give you five six innings if you need it, it's probably going to be Aaron Savali, especially against that Yankees lineup. Uh, you know, where, where they're uh, as much an all or nothing team sometimes as as anybody. Uh, all you need to to beat Garrett Cole these days is for like the national anthem to run a a few minutes long, maybe, maybe, maybe you get somebody out, maybe you get Mariah Carey to sing the national anthem and she extends a few notes. Uh, it lasts a little bit too long because Garrett Cole blamed one of his recent bad starts on uh, uh, the timing, the pregame timing being off by like four minutes. And, and he said, uh, I think that was the, uh, the home opener start for, uh, for the Yankees where he was, he was really upset about that. So uh, yeah, Garrett, Garrett Cole, uh, uh, it, fantastic pitcher. Uh, total head case. This is the guy who who cried about the the sticky stuff last year, and, and you know everything's an excuse. Everything's an excuse for the pitcher who's making the most money out of any pitcher in baseball. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, we are all creatures of habit, Joe. I guess if you know, <laughs> those four minutes are, are a big are a big thing when you're getting ready to pitch a game. I guess. Well, we've got about uh, four minutes left here uh, on on uh, Friday's podcast. Uh, I, I got to ask you, just over the, the first uh, six, uh, six home games here for the Guardians uh, at Progressive Field this year, you know, what have you seen that you liked? What did you see that you're, you're concerned about so far? You know, I definitely like Jose Ramirez. I think he's off to a great that's, – that's, you know, that's an easy one. Boy, way to hit you the softball there, uh, Hoinsey. Yeah, and, you know, he loves, uh, he loves playing at Yankee Stadium too. So, you know, if he, Jose on a hot streak going to the Bronx is, uh, that's a recipe for some uh, good swings. What's, uh, what's one Jose stat that jumps out at you from, uh, from these first 12 games right now? He's, he's leading the, uh, leading the big leagues in hitting. I, I, I just, I still can't believe that. Yeah, RBIs. I mean, what has he got? 20 RBIs in the first, what, 10, 10 11 mm -hmm. games? 
and uh, you know that list of players, you know Mays and and Gehrig are, you know, and just that that list goes on and on about the, the other guys who have done that. That shows you, you know, what the stratosphere is in right now. Manny Ramirez in '99. Could you believe Manny. that? Yeah, we drove in like what 170 runs and mm-hmm. and still didn't win the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Craziness. Uh, yeah, I like the uh, the two grand slams in the first ten games, uh, and nobody had done that, and nobody had done it from either side of the plate that early in a season. I, you know, it's it's just one thing after another. And then today he goes out and he gets two infield singles. You know, you're talking about a guy who's mashing the ball. All of a sudden he squibs one. Uh, to the to the left side and he's on uh, with an infield hit there and 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 then you know late in the game he's he legs went out and, and beats out a throw uh, and just watching him he was he was real happy about that so uh, what are you concerned about what's uh, what's a, what's a scary trend that you've seen uh, you know I think um, you know Fram no race I know he hit a home run today but that's a concern of mine um, I guess you know we're gonna have to live with the catching you know I think uh, as long as you know, uh, uh, you know, the Austin Hedges and, and uh, you know, Lavastida do a good job behind the plate. Lavastida made that great tag in the second game of, uh, of Wednesday's doubleheader. I guess we're going to have to live with that. But it would be nice to see a little production from them. But uh, other than that, Joe, I mean, uh, there's, you, you can't be too unhappy with, with anything they've done so far. They're in first place. You know, they've come back from uh, – from that sweep of the giants, I guess, you know, the concern is the uh, unpredictability of the offense. I don't know if that's going to change, you know, that might be the way it is this whole season, or it might be just because the weather, you know, the weather, you know, has, has, you know, been so unpredictable and that might, that might affect the offense. Well, it's uh, 75 and sunny in Southern California. If they can make it out there, that'll be great. And, uh, and maybe uh, an answer to your catching issue will be uh, Luke Maley who's uh, on schedule to possibly join them uh, by either Sunday or Monday in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, that could happen as well. Uh, so reinforcements are coming. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, Hedgy keeps, uh, keeps playing the way he has uh, defensively behind the plate. It was nice to see him, you know, throw a guy out today on the, uh, on the bases. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. The, let, let's let's just be satisfied but not confident right now as, as they head out on this road trip uh 10 games in 10 days can take the measure of any man I think uh it, it should be uh fun to watch but uh you know watch it and, and understand that this is it's a, it's going to be a brutal trip coming up yeah the west coast is always interesting yeah well you know we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see how it, it goes uh, Hoinsey, great to talk to you again. Uh, Going to wrap it up for this week. We will uh, join you at some point on uh, Monday for uh, another podcast here as we we uh, we sort of break up the road trip there. Uh, I'll head west, you head east, and, and we'll talk about the Guardians in between. All right, Joe.